Hello and welcome back to another episode of A Cozy Christmas Podcast. I'm your host, Art, and we are on the verge of September. It's going to be pumpkin spice latte heaven. In today's episode, it's going to be just a conversation I was able to have with the wonderful Anthony Caruso from Tista Podcast. Many of you know him well. He's a man that needs no introduction, so I won't give him one. (laughs) Just kidding. I love getting together with some of the other Christmas podcasters and just talking Christmas. And in this conversation, I hope you'll enjoy. All right. Well, I don't really have anything else, so I'm going to get into this uh, interview. It's a longer one, but I know you'll enjoy it. And I'll be back at the end to say a few things and um, and wrap us up and take us into September. You know him as one of the hosts of the excellent podcast, Tist the Podcast, where he is known for his epic rants of mythic proportions, and yet manages to bring Christmas cheer 365 days a year. It's the one and only, the Peloton master, Anthony Caruso. <laughs> Art, I love that. Uh, I love that introduction. That may be the best introduction any podcast host has given me before. All right. Well, I like to roll out the red carpet here. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm glad we're finally connecting after all this time. Yeah, definitely. Your podcast and uh, Christmas past were, I think, the two that really got me into Christmas podcasts in general. And after that, it was like a gateway <laughs> into all the all the Christmas podcast world. Well, I'm glad we were able to play a small part in that for you. Yeah, well, I, I'm excited to have you on. And uh, I got I got a list of, of questions guaranteed to to bring out your your softer side, your your tender and kind side. So <laughs> So you you plan on uh, revealing the uh, man behind the curtain to all of that, our listeners? That's right. Uh, angry <laughs> Angry Anthony is just a a front for uh, uh, for who you really are. So <laughs> he, he's just a front for the uh, New Yorker who got carried away in a tornado on a hot air balloon and uh, <laughs> you know start, started in wonderful world of Oz, aka Tis a podcast. That's right. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, to get started, uh, there may be a few people out there who don't know who you are. Uh, so why don't you go ahead and give us a little bit about yourself and uh, how you got started on Tista Podcast? Ooh, okay. So I have always um, been a Christmas nut from the time I was a small boy. I inherited that from my mother specifically, although both my parents always made Christmas magical. They always... Um, they always started decorating their house right after Halloween, uh, both out of a love for the season and because they had a pretty big house. So it took them so long to decorate, but that, that like just being immersed in it for two months of the year, like just completely well, two and a half because they would never undecorate till mid January, end of January. Like mm. I just, I just grew to love the season so much. Um, especially because my parents really instilled in us growing up the real reason of the season you know it's not about Mm -hmm. the gifts it's about the family and everything like that so you know i i've always been a christmas nut and i've always been a podcasting nut so i one day had this crazy idea to start a christmas podcast and mind you i had no idea that 
uh, podcasts like Brian Earl's Christmas Past or Tim's Can't Wait, Tim Babs Can't Wait for Christmas, which is another excellent podcast and a favorite yeah. of mine. Yeah, that was um, the third one for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's great. He's so funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I had no idea they existed, but I was browsing Reddit, the Christmas subreddit, one day in um, back in 2017, in the middle dead heat of summer, and I'm like, man, all these people on here, like me. Who, who don't think it's weird to be listening to Christmas music uh, in June or talking and fantasizing about Christmas when it's still half a year away, over half a year away. I, I, you know, these are, these are my people. So, so I, uh, I, I made a post on Reddit saying like, hey, would anybody be able to, would anybody be interested in maybe starting a Christmas movie podcast? And actually the first person to message me was Brian Earl, who... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, introduced himself, uh, told me about his podcast, and he was very gracious that he would help um, in any way, and he and he did. He he was a huge help in those early episodes specifically. But soon after Brian Earl, I got a message from a guy named Tom Crow, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you know, those who listen to the podcast know yep. uh, he yep. he is one of my two co-hosts, and. Uh, we set up a Skype chat and we hit it off right away. We had a lot of the same sensibilities and same vision for the podcast. And we agreed that we wanted a woman. Uh, we wanted a female voice and not just the two of us, which I think listeners uh, will be very grateful for that. We didn't just yeah. go for the two of us. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he said he would ask around and that he, he posted something on his Facebook uh, to gauge interest and, uh, Julia, who would end up becoming our third co-host, responded. Um, the three of us had a quick phone call uh, to, to, you know, get to know mm-hmm. one another. And the rest, as they say, is history. And the podcast launched in August 2017, dead of summer. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, though, for those who haven't heard it, it's a year-round Christmas podcast in which we discuss uh, every week. We discuss a different move, Christmas movie or television show or Christmas special and geek out over them, debate about them, rage mm-hmm. about them. That's <laughs> oh, yeah. normally coming from me. And, <laughs> and, you know, we keep this ongoing list on our website, which is a podcast.com called our Christmas Canon list in which we rank every single thing we cover. So at the end of each episode, we each give it a score one to 10 average it out. And then that's where it will fall on the list. And here we are going on year four, which I cannot, well, our fourth anniversary is coming up. So really going on year five. So it's crazy to think it's been that long. The time has gone by very fast. Yeah. Yeah. I, I finally caught up with your backlog. Um, I can't remember when I started listening, but it was a sad day when I realized now I have to wait like everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> When, when did you find us out of curiosity boy it was a couple years ago it, it was before uh christmas clatter started it was before totally red christmas started you, you know i i saw todd and knew them from your uh christmas community you know and and got to be friends with them on the social medias and then watched them starting their podcasts and so it was i don't know half a year before that maybe that's awesome. And that's one of my favorite things to have come out of the show in general mm. is like 
how much since we started the show and, and I'm not taking credit. We're not taking credit for this at all. It's just Mm. from 2017 when we started how much the Christmas podcast community has grown in general. Like it really blew up, which I think is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. When, when I got to meet Todd uh, last week, well, I guess from when this airs, it'll be about a month or two, (laughs) but uh, (laughs) yeah. When my mother-in-law was trying to understand this whole thing and, and she, she's like, well, isn't he one of your competitors? And I'm like, not at all, not at all. Uh, you know, in fact, he was the one who helped me really get started and figure out the technology and I don't know, the, the equipment, the gave me a bunch of videos to watch, gave me some advice and all that. And it was just nothing but helpful. So Todd, Todd is great that way. I, mm-hmm. I need to uh, set up time with him because he's always offering to help me um, with the video editing. Cause I would like to, you know, dive into YouTube a bit. And uh, he's mastered YouTube in such a short yeah. amount of time. But yeah. 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 Um, yeah and he, he just super generous. So there, there's a reason we call him Santa's brother, right? <laughs> oh, I, absolutely. And I'm still not convinced he's not Santa himself because I've never seen Santa and Todd in the same place at the same time. It's true. It's true. So uh, let's, that, that sounds like a news scoop if I've ever heard one. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I get it. Uh, that might be, there might be something to that. Yeah. Um, well, the main reason I had you come on is that uh, most people, again, they know you from your movie podcast, but you wrote a, a book, a Christmas story called Another Christmas Story. And uh, it's not published yet, but you're, you're working hard at trying to get that out to people. I mean, hopefully one day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, right now we can, you can hear it in weekly installments uh, on your podcast feed. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the book and how that came around? Sure. So much like my love for Christmas, I've had a love for writing since I could ever like hold a pencil. Like it's mm-hmm. just been something I've always wanted to do. I went to college for English lit, uh, did a bunch of creative writing classes, things like that. It's just something I've always enjoyed doing. And a few years back, I thought to myself, well, why don't I combine my love of Christmas with my love of writing, especially because I feel, and this may be a hot take, I don't know, that there hasn't really been a classic Christmas movie to be released since like Elf. I, because I know, I know I'm not big on the Christmas Chronicles. I know a lot of people are, Mm -hmm. um, I'm not big on Noel. I know a lot of people are, but even if you were to count the two of them, like Christmas classics are so few and far in between. I was like, you know what? I would like to try my hand at one. So Mm -hmm. um, initially the concept in my mind was uh, a little dark, a little darker and more cynical. And it was like, what if this girl named Mary got pregnant by somebody, not her boyfriend. And she lied about it and said it was a virgin birth and the lie just spun out of control. And I was like, well, that's dark. (laughs) (laughs) dark, And, and uh, you know, I'm not sure that could feasibly happen uh, nowadays Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. paternity testing and and things like that. (laughs) Right. So, but, but I knew that essentially I, but from that, seed of an idea I knew I wanted to do like a modern telling of the nativity story um which is basically anyone who's listening to it 
uh, listening to it on Tis a Podcast right now um, knows that that's what it is. That's where it's leading to, right? The main yeah. characters are called Joey and Mary. She's pregnant from another man. Um, and then you have like three world leaders, the equivalent of the three kings, et cetera, et cetera. And it turned into a bigger project than I thought because <laughs> I wrote all of these different storylines like individually at once. So like I wrote all of Mary and Joey stuff at once, all the three King stuff at once. And then once I was done with them all, I printed it all out, put it together like a puzzle and edited it that way. And I was like, man, this is a lot longer than I, uh, <laughs> than I thought it was. Um, but I'm, I am, I'm very happy with the way it turned out. I think I have been getting a lot of positive feedback in our Facebook group. And one of the reasons I'm sharing it onto the podcast and, you know, God bless Tom and Julia for letting me hijack the podcast uh, for a second episode every week. You know, I don't, I, you know, there's so many people in this world who want to get published that never are, but I really felt this, I have confidence in this story. I'm really proud of it. And I was like, well, who knows if I'll ever be published. So in the meantime, I'd like to share it with a bunch of Christmas uh, fanatics like myself. So it's out there in the world, even if it's only to a handful of people. And, you know, it's been good because I've been getting some great feedback at the same time, like that I can use to go back and edit and tweak the story a bit. And mm -hmm. so it's been, a, it's been a great process. And uh, yeah, it's called Another Christmas Story because it's a riff on you know, the Christmas story and a Christmas story. So I was like, another Christmas story. And I always pictured if I did get published, the title would have the A, the, the crossed out, then A crossed out, then another in italics. So I've been listening every week. I haven't read ahead. Um, so I, I don't know how it's going to end. I've, I've read, uh, well, I've listened to all the episodes that have dropped. And then I've read my chapter that I read. I think it's in September is when it's out um so i i'm on pins and needles <laughs> uh, oh, I'm, I'm glad you've been enjoying <laughs> yeah yeah i well i thought i could just read this all now but i, I really wanted to get the experience of like a, a a weekly radio drama you know where each episode comes every week and you have to wait till the next week to get it and and that's been fun so initially when i pitched the idea to tom and julia i was like look i want to put this book out there uh, can I use the website to put it out there? And they said, sure, no problem. And initially I was just going to post a chapter every week and put on social media, hey, you guys can read this chapter. Uh, it's mm -hmm. up. And then I was like, well, it would be cool if maybe I did an audio thing with it. And then I planned on reading the whole thing myself. And when I realized how, A, daunting that would be, given how long <laughs> it is, uh -huh. uh, but also, B, uh, you know, Julia has the best voice on our podcast. So, you know, people don't tune in to hear me and Tom. Uh, we're not the favorites. <laughs> um, I was like, you know, I think it would be really cool. We have this awesome Christmas podcast community, both in terms of hosts and listeners. And we've all become such good friends and family i was like you know what it'd be cool to make this a participatory thing and um so yeah that's when i started reaching out to people like you and todd and jerry and all of you guys to read a chapter or two each and uh help me bring it to life and i was so glad i did because you you all have been so awesome with your uh voices and uh 
you guys have blown me away. It's turned out so much better than had I just read it myself all year. So I'm very happy with it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm laughing every week hearing somebody else's uh, bad New York accent. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That has made me laugh as well. Um, I, I still think uh, Ron, AKA president hot dog for those who mm-hmm. know the community, uh, he definitely leaned into the central casting version of the New York accent the most. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was grateful. I, I don't know if I really had any or I wasn't going to try it. So <laughs> uh, no, but it's great. And I, and I it makes me laugh every week when I'm like, people send these to me and you know, you guys have been great because you guys are podcast hosts. So a lot of you guys have been editing it yourself, which has made it easy for me. But everyone else who's just a listener, I will edit for them normally. And it's been so funny every week getting each chapter. And uh, <laughs> it's uh, one week Mary has an English accent and one week she doesn't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it just makes me laugh a lot. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of one of my favorite plot lines in the story uh obviously it's the the mary and joey plot line has been i, I really enjoyed but i i love um stories around presidents and so i was really excited that the chapter i got uh featured the your your president character and all that she's facing uh it's such an important chapter too i was i was so excited i couldn't wait to to get to read it which one did i give you i don't remember off the top of my head the chapter is the um, uh, "Do you hear what I hear?" chapter, and that's where she's meeting with the uh, uh, the British Prime Minister, the Canada's Prime Minister, and they're like ready to speak to Russia to get ready to launch this attack. And then she suddenly, uh, well, spoiler alerts here, but <laughs> you know, <she's, laughs> she suddenly takes a step back and says, "Wait a minute, there's got to be a better way." And uh, so she, she talks to her husband. There's just a great scene between her and her husband. Uh, and I, I'm just, oh, this is great. This is a good chapter. <laughs> wow, I'm, I'm glad you like it. And yeah, I mean, you follow me on Facebook. Everyone who follows me on social media knows I'm big into presidents and politics mm-hmm. in general. Um, so yeah, I mean, it made sense uh, when I was writing it. I was like, well, what are the modern equivalent of three kings and mm-hmm. obviously who would have the most impact in the world today would be the president of the united states and so i just chose our two closest allies and mm-hmm. there's the three kings but yeah I'm, I'm glad you like it and i'm glad you liked that chapter so i'm excited for people to hear it that's as like i said as far as i've read so I'm, that's a cliffhanger at the end of that chapter i'm like oh man <laughs> i gotta wait i gotta wait yeah um, not that much longer i mean this year has been it's already august your chapter drops in september i mean only a few we're over halfway through the book just like we're halfway through the year so we won't have much longer to wait not not too much yeah yeah um now at, at reading it and, and people who are listening to it you know they're gonna catch a couple of things one is that you love Christmas and it really also feels like you love and know New York city, uh, quite well. Uh, now are you, were you born and raised in New York city or, or in that area? Yeah. So I've been not the city. I've always lived just outside of the city. Mm-hmm. I've always been in New York apart from, I went to college in England for four years, but I always flew home holidays, summers, but New York has been my home for ages uh we go into the city 
all the time. And I, so I do know New York and I'm grateful that comes across with the book that um, that is really, you know, I set out to write a Christmas classic and whether I achieve that or not, I'll let listeners decide. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I really set out for it to be a love letter to Christmas as well, a love letter to New York City, and then a love letter to Christmas in New York City. So I'm mm. hoping by the time the book is finished that, you know, those boxes have all been checked. There's so many iconic Christmas moments in, in movies and in stories that, you know, take place in New York City uh, that it's almost like New York and Christmas go together. Yes, although you can make the argument Chicago gives us a run for our money, but no, see, I'm a Midwest guy, so maybe I'd have to choose Chicago. But uh, <laughs> thanks for having me on, Art. I'm a... <laughs> wait, wait, you're breaking up. What's going on? No, <laughs> no. Um, but uh, yeah, but honestly, the only like the only movie I can think of Christmas movie that takes place in Chicago is is Home Alone, the first one. Um, well, and I'm sure Chris- others. But it doesn't Christmas vacation and the Santa Claus take place in the suburbs of Chicago. Oh, okay. I didn't which yeah, so it's funny because um three of my (laughs) top five movies are in Chicago. I mean Elf is a famous one for New York, Miracle on 34th Street. Um actually I wanted I wanted to bring that up because I saw uh you post Mm -hmm. uh comment on Oh, who posted it? Was it Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas? It, it was the, I think, was it the, the Total, Total Christmas, Christmas Podcast? Yeah. Yep. Um, where they were asking for top 10 Christmas movies. And I have to say, I even though our list differed a bit, I loved your list for a few reasons. Because number one, your number one mm-hmm. is Santa Claus, which is mine. And mm-hmm. I don't often see people put that number one, even though it usually falls into people's top five. Yeah. So. I was happy to see that, but even more happy for me, I found somebody who also highly <laughs> regards Jim Carrey's Grinch movie. Oh yes. <laughs> so, so let me ask you, what do, what do you think of all the hate that people have for this movie? Um, well, I ha- I have to be fair because I <laughs> I hate uh, the uh, Christmas Story, and I know people love that. And so I, you know, I dish it out, but then I remember, you know what, I've got a movie people could dish on me about, but you know, it's, it satisfies that, that sarcastic desire I get sometimes, but it's still at its heart. It's a sweet story. You know, that, that message comes through and he's changed at the end, but he's still the Grinch too. You know, he's still sarcastic. He's still, uh, uh, well, he's still Jim Carrey, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I don't. I will never understand the hate for that one. Like, I think yeah. it's a great adaptation, and well, I like I, the backstory I, they added for him. You know, you always get in dangerous ground when you start exploring backstories for for people, uh, or for villains, or you know, whoever. Uh, I, I love the prequel Star Wars trilogy, but that's some would make that a, a case in point, you know, <laughs> best uh, leave it to your imaginations. <laughs> I 100% agree with you. I love the prequels too. And I feel like they only aged better as the years have gone by. I, I think I remember you saying that recently. And I, and I thought, you know, it's been a couple of years. I might have to pull them out again. Watch it. I, I think not to get on a Star Wars tangent, yeah, but there are more coherent <laughs> trilogy 
and they fit better with the original trilogy than the sequel trilogy does. You know, I haven't seen the sequel trilogy as much. Uh, I think I've actually only seen the third one once. So, um, but you know, the original films I've seen so many times I could probably just watch them in my head now. <laughs> I mean, so yeah, those are great. But I, but I do have another Christmas film question mm-hmm. to ask you because you mentioned it uh, just a few minutes ago. Mm-hmm. So you don't like a Christmas story. Yeah. And I've, I've discovered doing this podcast and being part of the Christmas community uh, that that's one of the ones that people either love or really hate. And there's really no in between on that one. (laughs) And I find that just a little more people love it than hate it, but it's almost 50, 50 splits. I'm curious. uh, What don't you like about it? This is going to sound weird, but I don't know if I can tell you. (laughs) (laughs) I, I remember watching it a couple times as a kid and, and just hating it and, and hating the way Santa, you know, the mall Santa's portrayed and <laughs> finding the kid annoying. And, and I've tried, like, I, I'll see it come on now. Uh, I mean, I haven't even tried to watch it in years, but I'll, I'll watch a couple of minutes and it's like this <laughs> visceral sick feeling I get. <laughs> I have no idea why. So, so like, I do- when was the last time you watched it in full? Out of curiosity, well, in full, it was it was when I was a kid. Yeah, so <laughs> I hated it growing up. Mm-hmm. Hated it, and it was only a few years ago when a, a friend of mine who really liked it told me I should try to watch it again because they found out I hated it, and they were like, "You're crazy! Try watching it again." So I put it on TBS, and I was like, "Man, I." I really like this. And then I watched it multiple times in their annual 24 hour thing. I was like, this is really good. I, I think I grew to appreciate it more as I got older. So I'd be curious to see if your opinion changed if you were to watch it now. Well, you know, I might have to grab some Tums and give it a try, but <laughs> I mean, we may have to uh, get you on a Patreon episode and do a live watch and uh, try to convince you to like <laughs> There we go. <laughs> I mean, Tom and Julia both hate it as well. Mm. And I I have never seen those two get so much quote unquote hate mail mm. than they did when, after that episode because so many people do love it. And uh, I was like, man, this is a nice change of pace because it's usually me people are disagreeing with. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I I can tell, I mean, my, my tastes have changed over the years. You know, I, I know that. I, I think part of it, me is afraid to watch it because I'm afraid I'll like it. <laughs> that happened with me in the movie Titanic. Uh, when I had watched it, when it first came out, I was like, yeah, it's okay. I, I don't understand the big fuss. And I kept saying, I didn't like it. And my wife, after we got married, she's finally, finally is like, let's just watch it. And so near the end, she looks over at me on the couch and I'm sobbing, you know, <laughs> this movie is so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think you might find new appreciation for it now though especially yeah. like uh, as a father yourself like the whole mm-hmm. story between the old man and Ralph I think maybe you would uh, have a new li- appreciation if not a liking for it so I'd be curious yeah. to see yeah. what you would think you know I, w- I was actually just thinking about that this morning after I co- uh, 
commented on that. Like, uh, I should maybe give it a try again. I don't know. So uh, that's I'm, a homework I'm setting you for this year. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> See, how do you like that? You invite me on, you're generous and invite me onto your show and I spring homework on you. <laughs> and, and you're going to make me sick or. <laughs> I, I had Anthony on and he made me sick. That's going to be my uh, tagline. <laughs> and it, it was all a plot from Jerry. He, you know him, he's trying to take over all the podcasts. He, he sent me to make you sick so he could grab yeah. another podcast infinity stone for his gauntlet <laughs> yes yeah there you go <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah i was looking at your list there too um i think you know our, our top couple were similar but then you had a you have on a couple of interesting choices you have anna and the apocalypse and krampus which uh those are two for those who don't know are, are like horror christmas movies and uh uh, Anna and the Apocalypse is actually musical too. And I had never heard of these movies until I was listening to your show. And uh, some movies I'll watch ahead of time, some I won't, but you started talking about the, I don't remember which one was first. And I'm like, well, I gotta, I'm going to stop this episode, go watch the movie, then come back and listen. And I, I love those too. Those are, you know, not what I always want from a, a feel good Christmas movie, but uh, those are some good movies. Yeah, they they really are, and Krampus especially is a beautiful uh, fair Christmas fairy tale. Like, mm -hmm. uh, like that movie. Yeah, it's technically uh, I, I would describe it more as a, more of a horror comedy than a straight horror movie. But mm -hmm. like, for all its horror elements, it still has like wonderful messages about family and the true meaning of Christmas in there. And anytime I see that one, because this one obviously doesn't get played on amc or freeform every year like but every now and then like some random channel like tnt or tbs will have it on late at night and every time i come across that i just get sucked in i think it's such a such a great movie with a great cast and like the design of krampus himself every time he's in silhouette mm -hmm. it's like awesome it's beautiful yeah didn't um wasn't that weta workshop or weta workshop yeah it that? was yeah yep. they're good good movie magicians <laughs> and anna and the apocalypse for anyone out there who likes you know i know it's overdone but this whole zombie thing like it has mm -hmm. one of the best zombie sequences in ever in my opinion when she uh it's spoiler alerts when she yeah. walks out of her house with the headphones on and doesn't realize the world is going to hell around her i love that scene yes she isn't that the part where she's singing like this really cheerful song like she's gonna take this this uh, turn her life around turn, turn her life, life around. around yep yeah <laughs> and, and she's ready to take on the day and the, and the whole world's just collapsing around her <laughs> yeah it's so well done and i would love yeah. to, a lot of it looks like it was done in like a single take too and i would love to yeah. see like how they did that it's so good like yeah i would i i would recommend those two to anybody whether they like horror films or not because i think there's a lot there besides the horror there are really good stories there yeah yeah uh, some good songs in there too um mm -hmm. <laughs> the, the the one that uh, uh i can't remember the characters names but the the song that the girl sings at the school play that is just ripe with innuendos <laughs> oh yeah i, lo I love i love that one <laughs> I died. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge musical fan. I so I love um, uh, 
I always love these songs and musicals like a Les Mis where like Valjean and Javert are singing over one another and it's kind of like dueling mm. verses and stuff. So I love the song in uh, Anna of the Apocalypse where um, the principal has her dad on stage and she comes in with the bloody candy cane and they're both singing about, uh, you know, uh, the world's a stage and they're going to play their parts. And I just mm-hmm. love that song. That song is so fun. Mm. The ending of that movie just kind of guts me, but <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not a feel good ending. That one. <laughs> yeah. It needs a sequel. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the apocalypse Two set at Easter Christ has risen. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Well, boy, we got off topic, I guess, but <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that. That tends that's to happen right. when you have me or Tom on a show. <laughs> yep, that's right. That's fine. <laughs> I was going to ask, uh, most people know you for from the movie world, you know, uh, talking about movies, but uh, some might not realize that uh, from what I can gather from following you on Facebook, that you're quite the bookworm as well. Yes, I always have been. Uh, I've always been an avid reader. I uh, still am an avid reader. You know, uh, if any of you out there have Goodreads, you can follow me on Goodreads, see what I'm reading at any given time, get recommendations, things like that. But yeah, I love reading. It's why I did um, English Lit in school. Mm-hmm. I have my degree, my bachelor's and master's degree in English Lit. So. Oh, wow. I didn't, I didn't know that about you. You have a master's too, huh? Yep. Uh, of course, I'm not doing anything related to English as a career, sadly, because what are you going to do with that? But, uh, you know, it's, yeah. it's well, I like those, it. It's, it's cool. Those who can't uh, do teach, right? <laughs> yep. And those who can't teach, teach Jim. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> That's from School of Rock. For those okay. who don't know, it's a cool, yes. Yeah, I, have, <laughs> I haven't seen that one. <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's great. And I'm not a big yeah. Jack Black fan, but I love that one. Mm. Yeah, um, I, I can. It depends on the movie for him. I, I love him in the um, uh, Jumanji films. He was uh, yeah. really good. Yeah, yeah. Are you an avid reader too? Uh, I, I am very much. Yeah, I love reading. You know, on my podcast, I read stories like uh, old stories that are in public domain. You know, I, I try to find some Christmas stories to read. I love that about your podcast, by the way. It's like I love when you read the stories. It's just like. I mean, not to use, quote, the title of your podcast, but it makes me feel so cozy on the inside listening to those Christmas stories. Yeah. That, well, that's what I try for. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, uh, I mean, my earliest, one of my earliest memories is reading and some of my happiest moments have been exploring the library, you know, um, getting excited when I find a new author or a new story that I love. Uh, I mean, there's just nothing like it. And uh, so I, I, I love finding, uh, you know, since I, I love Christmas, I love finding, you know, good Christmas stories and falling into that world that these writers create, um, which is mm-hmm. partly why I was excited, you know, to be a part of your, uh, uh, your, your novel that you're producing. Um, but and as, trust as, me, if I ever do manage to get that published, y'all are all getting, you know, acknowledgments and uh, dedicated to and everything. So excellent. Um, that's, that's my goal someday to have somebody dedicate a book to me. So (laughs) (laughs) you can, you can give us each our own copy that just has our own name on the dedication page. (laughs) Oh yeah, there you go. Let let us start fighting each other. (laughs) (laughs) He dedicated it to me. (laughs) 
<laughs> uh, so as an avid reader, what are, uh, I guess more generally, what are some of the kind of, what are the books that you like to read? Um, just in general? like Yeah, just in general. Yeah. Uh, I will read uh, anything. I've always been a big fantasy sci-fi guy, um, but I have actually found in recent years, good fantasy is hard to come by now. Mm-hmm. I feel like, uh, you know, the big ones have ruined it for me because now like for every amazing fantasy like Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings, you get a subpar one that's trying to be that. And it just, you could tell it's like a desperate ripoff. And mm-hmm. uh, it's so hard for me. The fantasy has to be truly engrossing for me to enjoy it nowadays. But if you haven't read the Dresden Files, mm. uh, Jim Butcher, uh, set yes. in Chicago, uh, yeah. uh, those are great. And uh, that series is still ongoing. That's probably my favorite fantasy series right now. Um, I love sci-fi. I'm part of the Book of the Month Club. That's one of my favorite Christmas gifts every year. My parents just renewed my subscription. Um, For those who don't know, it's a website. You get 10 credits if you sign up for the year, or 12 credits, rather, one per month. At the beginning of each month, you get a choice of five books. You pick the one that sounds most appealing to you, and they'll ship it to you for free. And uh, that's how I've found a lot of thrillers specifically through there that I wouldn't have necessarily picked up had I found it at the bookstore. Um, but that's a great gift. And uh, just, you know, if you're ever looking to get a gift for somebody who's a reader, that's a really good idea. That's one of my favorite gifts. Um, what else? And I do a lot of uh, history biography type stuff just because I'm into all of that. What about you? Kind of, kind of the same, actually. Uh, I like sci-fi uh, fantasy a little bit. Uh, my problem with fantasy is the books that are, you know, 800 pages long in a series of, you know, 14 novels or something. <laughs> I, I love to read, but sometimes they're a slog. Right. <laughs> uh, but the Dresden Files, I absolutely love that that series. That's that's far and away one of my favorite series of, of all time. I'm still waiting for HBO or Netflix to pick it up and do something awesome. It's so good. Oh, it is. It is. And that one is good. Um, I, I like mysteries a lot. Louise Penny, she's a Canadian writer. Um, she writes about uh, mysteries set up in, uh, up in Canada, obviously. Uh, and they're kind of you come in thinking they're going to be a cozy mystery, but then it gets dark. I mean, there's darkness in it, but yet there's light too. And it's Louise Penny. Yes. Why does that, did she have one that got a lot of acclaim recently? I feel like I've heard that name before. Yeah. I think just about every book she's written has had a lot of acclaim around it. Uh, Oh yeah. You know why I've heard her name and I'm not to interrupt. It's because she has a book coming out in October that she, co-wrote with hillary clinton oh, actually right right state of terror which i have pre-ordered uh because i love thrillers political thrillers yeah. so well of course then my my favorite writer is is like charles dickens um i've um, read all, all of his novels i mean a christmas uh carol is yeah one of the best novels of all time right novellas technically but. right i read from kind of a wide range i guess but um you know i like nonfiction. i like biographies I went through a period where I really liked like history novels and war novels, but, or not uh, novels, um, nonfiction accounts, but I don't know, maybe it's just the last couple of years. I I've just been kind of not get reading those anymore. I just maybe tired of the violence and 
I got that. Know. Yeah. So I'm taking, like, taking a break from those, but um, <laughs> I got enough of that in real life, I think. <laughs> but uh, so what about uh, some Christmas stories? As you mentioned, A Christmas Carol, that's the big one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you were to recommend some Christmas books to someone or Christmas stories, it can be a short story, novella, novel. Uh, what have been some of your favorite ones? I would love to say what I'm about to, you know, go over here. I'm just pulling from my mind off the top of my head, but you gave me this question in advance. So I had time to prepare and think about it a bit. So there you go. <laughs> I, I have a few. Um, right up there with A Christmas Carol is a gift of the Magi in terms of short stories. I love that. Um, there's a reason that one has also been adapted into so many like TV shows and movies. But speaking of A Christmas Carol, it came out in 2019, Marley by John Clinch. It's mm-hmm. called Marley, a novel. I think Brian Earl may have had the author on Christmas Past when this came out. It's like a prequel to A Christmas Carol about the about Jacob Marley and his life and eventual friendship and partnership with Scrooge. And it's a dark and dreary book, which is absolutely Dickensian, mm-hmm. um, but it really added a layer to the character and the original story. And I would recommend that one any mm-hmm. day of the week to people uh, who like a Christmas Carol, a boy called Christmas, which is turning into, it's going to be a film this year, I think. Yeah. Um, it's a children's novel, a uh, fantasy about uh, Santa as a little boy. And uh how he discovers reindeer in the North Pole and becomes Santa Claus. That one is really fun. That whole series is fun. What else? Uh, The Christmas Train by David Baldacci, which uh, Hallmark adapted into a film two years ago, which the book is better, obviously, but it's one of Mm -hmm. Hallmark's better films. Um, I really like that. Mm -hmm. And mixing my love of politics with the holidays, Eleanor Roosevelt had... A, wrote a book called Eleanor Roosevelt's Christmas Book, and it's um, filled with some of her favorite uh, Christmas short stories uh, in a, uh, recipes, and in addition, just tales about her and FDR's Christmases together, um, married both outside of the White House and in the White House, and it's just a fascinating little cheerful book, and I highly recommend that to everyone, too. I hadn't heard of that one. I'm going to have to look that up, but yeah. that sounds good. Other one you mentioned, Marley. Uh, I, it's been on my radar. I haven't gotten to it. I, I think I'm mostly nervous <laughs> that it's not going to be good or it's going to somehow, um, ruin my love of the original because I, I have read a, I don't remember what it was called or who wrote it, but it was supposed, it was this like sequel to a Christmas Carol and it made it sound really good. And I read it and it, kind of read like it was somebody who just wrote it in a weekend and put it up on Amazon and hope someone bought it. Wait, a a sequel to Christmas Carol? Yeah. Yeah. It's, there's like nothing really to write a sequel about. I mean, that story is pretty much done, you know, and I don't know, it, it, uh, it wasn't my favorite thing I read. So now I'm, I'm a little nervous about these kinds of things, but highly recommend it. Yeah, everyone I've talked to has said Marley's really good and dark, but you should read it. Um, so that's it's on my list. <laughs> I, I think the benefit Marley has over like a sequel, for example, mm-hmm. 
is a fact that we don't really know Jacob Marley from A Christmas Carol because he's, mm-hmm. I mean, the first line of the story is Marley was dead to begin with, right? And mm-hmm. then we only get a brief look at him when he comes to visit Scrooge. But this one really dives into who Marley was as a person and how that affected the man Scrooge turned out to be. And, you know, because the character Marley is such like a blank slate in that no- original novella, like this adds to it. I, th- I think... Hey, a second piece of homework. Read this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I will be more likely to do this one than the other one. So. <laughs> uh, but uh, did you did you see that uh, the BBC miniseries of Christmas Carol that came out? I can't oh, remember. Oh, with if you uh, guys... Guy Pierce. Yeah. Did you guys talk about that on your podcast or? We did. Okay, I couldn't remember. I thought you had. I loved it. Julia was fell in the middle and Tom was not very high on it. I I really loved it though. And I love, I just, so spoiler alert. I love the end of that. Like where Scrooge is like, you know, at the very end, like, I don't care what happens to me as long as he lives, as long mm. as Tiny Tim lives. And I thought that was such a nice take on the ending of that. Like, you know, he, he thinks to himself he's beyond saving he's not begging for his life like in the original novella he's like you could do what you want with me just let him live and i thought that was a very selfless like that embody the selflessness of scrooge in a way the in a different way than the book but one that's just as um true to character for me yeah yeah i i have mixed feelings on it you know as an adaptation it's really departs from the book in some ways but then on the other hand i i think it captures the spirit of it like you were saying so there are parts i i really found profound and that scene is one of them where he's just crying you know let him live i don't care what happens to me and and how at the end um you know mrs cratchit was like you know this doesn't excuse your past behavior you know and he, and he understands that. And he, he's like, yeah. yeah, I know, I know. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, that's, I think that those parts were pretty good. And it, it was scary. It was sometimes, you know, that story can come out kind of cute or kind of creepy, but sometimes we forget the creepy part. <laughs> well, for, see, for me, that's the, that though was a point. It was supposed to yeah. be creepy. It's a ghost story. I right. mean, uh, you know, it's in the it's in the saw it's in its most wonderful time of the year there'll be scary mm-hmm. ghost stories like that used to be a christmas eve tradition telling right. scary ghost stories and i know people don't associate scariness with christmas anymore but and so prefer the cuter like muppet takes on a christmas carol and i know that's one of your favorite movies too so i'm not knocking mm-hmm. the muppet muppets but for me a christmas carol the scarier the better as long as they're not like going overboard you know but mm-hmm. like i really like that one my biggest criticism with that one was how long uh the ghost of christmas past lasted like that was almost like an hour and a half of the three hour miniseries. <laughs> yeah i remember uh, i had watched it i was going to just watch it in segments uh, but i ended up just watching the whole thing all, at, all in one sitting i just you know oh, i'm just gonna get through this, <laughs> this i watched really it christmas eve when it was snowing or the 23rd when it was snowing so right around christmas my lights were on it was snowing so that with the story it just it was like perfect storm of course i was gonna like it in that Mm -hmm. setting but you know with 
adaptations, I know people can get real uptight about so many significant changes, but honestly, there are so many good versions of a Christmas Carol out there. I don't mind the departures, you know, to, to look at the story from a different angle or a different perspective. I mean, is your favorite else, the Muppet one? Um, today it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I flip it with the Alistair Sims one. I um, love that one. Uh, well, I love both of those. Yeah. But Alistair Sims is probably when I think of Scrooge, he's who I picture in my mind that's the version I first saw. I mean, that's, it was, I can't remember even which one I, I had seen first, if it was either Mickey's Christmas Carol or the Alistair Sim version, but I can remember watching that as a little, little boy with my dad and my grandpa, you know, they, they love that, that version. And so a lot of it is nostalgia for me. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I'll, I'll be honest, but it, it's one of my favorites and it, de- it depends on my mood. And, and that's going back to the Grinch. That's why I, I like, <laughs> I put both, benedict cumberbatch version and the uh, jim carrey version on my list because if i'm feeling more in the mood for something funny and sweet we've got the the animated grinch but if i'm feeling sarcastic or in the mood for some some biting humor i'll go with that one (laughs) i mean the live action was just so quotable yeah like i i love when uh he comes back down for the holiday uh, Whoville celebration thing and uh, mm-hmm. they bring out his mothers and he's like, are you two still living? <laughs> <laughs> that is a film I will quote throughout the year. And actually that's a line I've used very often. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody gets, I don't know, they talk about some old celebrity or, or old politician and I'll be like, are you still living? <laughs> Yeah, that one and the other line I quote all the time is um, dinner with me. I can't cancel that again. Yeah. Yeah. My wife has gotten tired of me quoting that part of the movie, I think. <laughs> Whenever she asks, uh, what are you doing today? And I'll be like, well, let's see, 430, size. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it, it depends on my mood. My my top 10 list just fluctuates. But uh, do, you, do you like the Jim Carrey Christmas Carol that Disney did, the animated one? Um, I've only seen it once and I had mixed feelings on it. Like, I, I think they were trying too hard to make it um, 3D, you know, unnecessarily. Um, but I, I need to watch it again because I, I, I remember liking his performance as Scrooge. I thought he did a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. Um, and being an animated film, you can do things that even well i guess nowadays with live action you can just cgi everything but i don't know i didn't mind it was animated or in the um, motion capture stuff that doesn't really bug me like you know i i like polar express i know people think that the people look weird but i don't know that doesn't matter (laughs) but (laughs) um that's that's one i I need to watch again but I, i remember kind of being iffy on it yeah when I first saw it, I was a fan of too. Like when I saw it in theaters, I don't know if it was just like, you know, sometimes you'll go to a movie and it's after a long day and you're tired mm-hmm. and you're not in the right head space. I don't know if it was that or not, but I remember being iffy after the movie. And But catching it on Freeform, I've really enjoyed it. I would actually say um, it's one of the more faithful adaptations of A Christmas Carol, except for the carriage chase at the end. But uh mm-hmm. You know, especially with the flame-headed Ghost of Christmas Past, you never see that in any adaptation, really. And uh, 
Yeah, that's there were parts in there that I I really appreciated like that, that, you know, they're actually trying to and, and Dickens describes it as a really bizarre thing that, you know, one minute it's a rhinoceros, the next it's a little child, the next it's an old person. And, and like, what is this thing? It's, yeah. It's, it's like some kind of fever dream or something, but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, I, that's, that's one of those films I want to revisit and, and try again. But I, I mean, I was a kid in the nineties and eighties. And so I, I grew up with Jim Carrey. So to me, uh, you know, this, this guy, this guy's my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was, a, I was a nineties kid. Jim Carrey was big in the nineties. Uh, for me, he's always kind of fallen into Adam Sandler camp a little bit mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. And we all know how I feel about Adam Sandler. <laughs> um, no, I, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you know, I still smile whenever I watch Batman forever and he's a Riddler. Like, yeah, I thought he was good on that. I just love that he is his movies are just so quotable for the uh, at least especially his early 90s stuff you know Ace Ventura and which uh, supposedly they're making a third one now with him oh, oh. <laughs> well I'll, I'll watch it I mean I'll, I mean I'll, exactly we'll all I'll watch do, it I'll do the walk of shame into the theater or <laughs> wait till it's up on video <laughs> <laughs> go to blockbuster <laughs> if i can find one <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah well i i should mention a couple of my books i like but yeah definitely i'm gonna have to uh agree with you on a boy called christmas that was on my list too i i, I love the sequel to that the girl who saved christmas yep me um, too that was actually the first one of those books i read i didn't realize it was a trilogy or uh, series but you can read them out of order even the third one is pretty good with the easter bunny Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah i I, yeah that one i don't know if i liked as much but the first two especially are are just are good are so good Um, i just hope the movie's good because the trailer mm -hmm. didn't really do it for me yeah i don't even i don't know if i saw the trailer but yeah i thought it was just kind of not really saying a lot about what it it was maybe they're trying to keep it quiet for now <laughs> right yeah yeah um but yeah i got i got the book the girl who saved christmas because i was trying to find a story to read uh to gracie at christmas time and it, it, she she loves i mean she's a good reader but reading isn't her favorite thing like it is for everyone else in our family how old so, is she um now she's 12 but back then it was she was around 10 nine, 9 or 10 years old i think okay um, wasn't that long ago but you know so i was looking for a story about christmas that was um you know had a girl main character so that i mean that pretty much popped up uh and so i read it out loud to her and it was really funny because our my my boys and my wife both started to, you know, happen to be in the living room when I start reading this because they want to hear the story too. <laughs> and I think they ended up liking it even more than she did. Uh, but then I realized, or then I saw that there was a, a first book in the series. So I, I got a boy called Christmas and I got the audiobook narrated by um, uh, Stephen Fry. Oh, he's great. Oh my goodness. It was, it was fantastic. It was it was like the perfect voice for the perfect book. You know, it was just one of those lightning in a bottle moments. I mean, um, if you haven't listened to his uh, Harry Potter audiobooks, because he does mm-hmm. the British audiobooks 
yeah. uh, the for the British version of Harry Potter. And uh, oh man, he he's perfect. Yeah. Uh, so I, I I recommend to people they want to read that book to uh, I don't care if you read it, listen to it or read it, but at some point you have to listen to the audiobook because uh, he gets the humor in it, but there's also some very serious moments in it too, and and his voice is able mm-hmm. to carry both of those. Um, so that is one I've been excited to add to my reading and listening every year. Then the book uh, the Santa Claus is for real by Charles Edward Hall. He plays the Santa at the uh, Radio City uh, Rock. Ra- yes. Radio Spectacular. City. Yeah, that's that's a great that, book. That's book surprised me. Um, it, I wasn't sure what to expect when I started it, and I that one was an audio book as well um, that I first came across and does he read it himself yes that's awesome um, what does he call it it's a a a true fable or something like that <laughs> and you know he has these scenes about where he's like meeting santa and talking to santa and and talking about telling the story about how he became santa at the radio city hall christmas spectacular and it's just a compelling story but he's he's such a gifted storyteller too it's yeah, he's great. And just to inject a little bit of my New York self here, I mean, I've been, I've seen that show, I don't know how many times, you know, just growing mm-hmm. up. I, we're going again this year. We go every year, every other year, every few years. It doesn't change much, but it's just a New York staple, New York tradition. And it's, he's been Santa my whole life. Like he's been playing him for what, what did the book say? 30 years, 40 mm-hmm. years, something like that. And uh, yeah, he, incredible and he's looked the same the whole time it's mm. he is santa tonight like he's great yeah yeah I, it i'm like man i gotta get to new york <laughs> i gotta watch I, this do, guy <laughs> you, do, you do before he retires you gotta see him yeah um but i i love i love that story the message that he he's writing in there uh it's just it's a good one a third one, and again, this list might change depending on the day, but I, I really have enjoyed reading the the Christmas Hirelings. Um, I just read it this past July on my podcast. It's a novella. Um, it's very Victorian, but something about reading it, and this is like the third or fourth time I've read it, but reading it out loud made me you know slow down to really read it and get the subtle parts in the story and the things. It, it was just you know, I was really emotional by the time I got done with the story. <laughs> uh, you know, and for those who don't know, that's, um, you know, the story is about, um, you got your typical, you know, grumpy guy at Christmas time. And uh, we get a little bit of his backstory. You know, he had um, a daughter who married someone he didn't approve of who was, who was poor. And, you know, back then in the 1800s, that was a, that was a scandal. And <laughs> so he, uh, he cut her off from, you know, his, his life. And then his other daughter who married the way he wanted, she died in childbirth, which or maybe it was before. Now I can't recall it. Anyway, she, she died. And so, you know, he had some legit hard things in his life and, and he's kind of bitter. So as almost a dare, you know, his, he and his friend decide let's hire kids to come to our house at Christmas time to uh, you know, to liven up the, the spirits of the day. Uh, and so they do that. And, those kids end up changing his life in ways he never saw coming. And it's, but it's, it's, I was laughing at just how Victorian it was because I mean, you have everything, you know, you have these innocent children and you have one who gets really sick and you have the, the old 
he wasn't really a miser, but he, you know, he's that grumpy old guy who, who has redemption arc and right. Uh, it, it's all, it was, it was good. It was really fun. So which, which is a trope in Christmas stuff, right? The grumpy old mm-hmm. guy. I, and it had to have started with Scrooge, but I mean, you get yeah. home alone as well. The old man next door, like, yeah. He, he's, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And it's all the best stories to your point. You said you got choked up by the end of it. Like those mm-hmm. are the best stories. The ones that affect you at a visceral emotional level like that. So I said, I was going to reveal your tender side here. So what are, what are the stories that, that make you weep <laughs> when you, you can read them over and over again. Okay. So what people don't know about me, because it doesn't come across on the podcast, I am a big cry baby. When I, it does not take a lot to make me cry with a good book, a movie. I mean, movies. Eh? That name a movie that doesn't make me cry. Mm-hmm. Uh, TV shows. Like I, I am a soft, tender-hearted guy, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but uh, books that make me cry. Uh, I mean, the end of a Christmas Carol always gets me emotional. I cry multiple times during my Harry Potter series. <laughs> hey, no shame there. <laughs> uh, I, I name a Disney movie that doesn't make me cry. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, Pixar seems like, to do that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I'm, I, Toy Story 3, no matter how many times I see it, I'm sobbing by the end. Anything, and a book, movie, TV show, anything with a dog or an animal because you just know how that's going to end and mm. it's never good you know right. you see it coming from a mile away and like <laughs> the whole time i i'll even though i'm enjoying it there's a knot in my stomach knowing what's coming yeah. <laughs> my my daughter grace uh, i think she was in fourth grade anyway uh they watched what is the movie a, a dog's purpose oh and- yeah and she, she's actually, she, she isn't big on watching a lot of movies either. You know, she, she's very active. She likes to be moving and outside and all that. But um, so she had no idea about what to expect when you see a dog in a movie. <laughs> she came home just emotionally devastated at this film. And, and I swear to this day, she doesn't like watching TV anymore just because of that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is a, I mean, that's a devastating film, just like it's a devastating book. Uh, but yeah, ooh, yeah, that's a, that's a rough one. Um, like, Homer did... Bound, has she watched that? That always gets no. me too. Yeah, yeah, that one. Yep, that's a that's one. Um, when I was a kid, I you know I saw Old Yeller and Where the Red Fern Grows, and and I'm like, this is nuts. Why am I watching these things? <laughs> Shiloh, that's another one. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you which Christmas movie that's emotional every time, but like in a positive way, their tears of like kind of joy is Elf. Like mm-hmm. the end of that movie where they're all, you know, the people of New York are coming together to sing Santa Claus is coming to down mm-hmm. and they help, you know, Santa's sleigh fly again that way. And it's just when they finally take off and the score swells and oh, the image uh, it gets me every time right in the mm-hmm. heart makes me tear yeah. up every time interesting thing about that movie uh when we first saw it i i did not like it like at all Um, really how come do you remember why yeah it's it's will ferrell you know he's he's like you know adam sandler to many people it's it's like i 
can't handle this guy. And my kids watched it and they loved it. You know, they were laughing and I'm sitting over there trying to ignore it and all that. And then the next year, you know, let's watch this again. This was funny. And, and I was like, no, no, no. But then I actually sat down to watch it and I'm like, wait, this is actually really good. And, you know, his performance is not that bad at all. And, and I capture, you know, I got into, realized that, you know, in that film, he's able to portray sweet and, and kind and all those, you know, as compared to some of his other stuff. And, and I, I realized, well, I, you know, I was, and, and now as you, you see, it's one of my favorite Christmas movies. <laughs> I mean, not only sweet and kind, but the, yeah, he shows good acting during the scene where uh, James Kahn yells at him to get out of his life. Like you see mm-hmm. the heartbreak all over his face. Like he does have very serious dramatic side uh, very well too. Yeah. And, uh, and actually it's kind of changed my opinion about him as an actor overall. I could, I, I'm more likely to watch his movies now than skip them. So <laughs> it's, it is a, it's a remarkable film. <laughs> Boy, it, well, it's, it's uh, getting late here. I, we might have to try to land this, this ship, but let's see, you don't land ships, do you? <laughs> you land, land this plane, land this plane. There we go. If, if you're flying a ship, that's, that's not right. Okay. Um, <laughs> I was going to ask uh, before we go, do you have, uh, what is your, some of your favorite Christmas traditions to do? Do you have a favorite Christmas memory uh, to share with us? Uh, tradition wise, Christmas Eve has always been huge in my family. It's almost more of a big deal than Christmas day in a lot of ways. Uh, it's a big Italian thing. Christmas Eve is always huge for Italians, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, so my favorite Christmas memories growing up are, my great aunt used to, when her and my great uncle were still alive, he used to have mom's whole side of the family over Christmas Eve. And it was just a large, loud, chaotic Italian family scene. You know, mm. like gift wrap going everywhere, presents flying through the air, uh, <laughs> yeah. people singing Christmas Carol, the Christmas movies on TV, uh, you know, people drag. Uh, drinking good spirits and getting a little tipsy um of course like any family gathering especially among italians fights broke out uh, it's just always fun and they always have like they always have a cute little real tree in the corner with the over overly large uh, colored lights and i can just picture it completely in my head because the house is old-fashioned lots of wood paneling because they're older and oh they're they're some of my favorite memories um even now, Christmas Eve, now my mom's taken to holding it since the family's smaller now. That's a lot of mm-hmm. the older relatives have passed on, and uh, it's still fun. I love Christmas Eve. Um, and I'll tell you why. It's not just for the family memories, which is really why it's so special in my heart, but also on a more superficial level, we spend all year counting down to Christmas on these Christmas podcasts. Mm-hmm. And Christmas Day itself is almost like coming down from a sugar rush. Like when you wake up in the morning, open your gifts. By the time you have your little brunch or mm-hmm. early afternoon dinner, it's kind of like, ooh, it's like over all that build up and then just over. Like I feel like Christmas Eve is like the height of the excitement and build up. And that's why part of the reason I love Christmas Eve too. Uh, people have always, people who know me you know think christmas is your favorite day and i and i always correct them i said actually christmas eve uh but you know it's close enough (laughs) yeah now um my uh my stepmom uh is italian well or or was she she passed away about five or six years ago but 
Uh, my dad married, so my dad married into an Italian family and, and she grew up in Chicago. When they were first uh, dating and together, uh, she took him to all of her family's different Christmas celebrations. And uh, I'm pretty, I, I, I think it was Christmas time, but, you know, he went to one house and he ate and ate and ate and then like, oh, we got to go to the, our, you know, cousin down the street and go to his house. And they ate, ate more and, and kept eating and kept eating. And <laughs> by the end of the night, the family was impressed with how much he could pack away. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm going to explode. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, she she was a sweetheart, but uh, you, you don't mess with her <laughs> either. <laughs> yeah, no. I I mean that's typical of an Italian woman. Yep. She she was uh, five foot tall, if 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 an inch, you know. And but boy, if you got her mad, man, look out. <laughs> oh yeah. And that's yep. that's why I enjoy sometimes your your rants because it reminds me of of her getting her. Her, uh, <laughs> her uh, motions up and <laughs> fortunately, oh. fortunately they, they were never directed at me. So <laughs> <laughs> at least that's not, I, I would admit to. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Anthony, thank you so much for uh, coming on the podcast tonight. And Yeah, no, thank you for having me. This was long overdue. I'm glad we finally were able to connect. We need to get you on Tis the Podcast soon. Send the word. I'll be there. So, yeah, I, although you've covered already all, all my favorite movies, I think. So, <laughs> <laughs> that you'll have to pick one of your least favorite because sometimes those can be just as fun to do. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe uh, if we ever do a Christmas story revisit or something. <laughs> <laughs> there you are. <laughs> all right. Well, yep. uh, Anthony, where can folks find you uh, if they want to find your, your, story or your podcast or where are you at online sure they can go to www.tisapodcast.com and on that website um they'll see posts for every episode we've ever done um they'll see our christmas canon list which keeps track of our ever-growing list of rankings um they'll find new chapters in my book but you can follow us uh and we would encourage you to follow us on all of our social media feeds, which you can get to by going to tisapodcast.com slash Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Reddit, and Facebook group, which is by far our most active and fun community. It's really kind of um, evolved beyond just Tissa Podcast. Like a lot of you, uh, a lot of the Christmas podcasts post their new episodes there and they're all active members of the group. So not just me, Tom and Julia, but you'll be able to talk to Art and Todd and Jerry and all your favorites there as well. Mike Westfall mm -hmm. is awesome. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Uh, you know, and you've mentioned it and I'll, I'll just emphasize it. It's such a great community. Um, everyone's welcome. Everyone, you know, everyone looks at Christmas differently and has different meetings for them. And it's that discussion is always welcome. And, um, you know, and, and the talk often goes beyond Christmas to superheroes, to politics, to whatever, you know, <laughs> it, to, it to the other over. Vermont holidays too. everyone. Yep, like yep. I noticed a lot of people are counting down to fall and, uh, 
you know, maybe me specifically, I've been pushing that pumpkin spice countdown. <laughs> yeah, I, I love the pumpkin spice latte and I'm looking forward to fall too. So <laughs> only a few weeks till it's back. I cannot wait. That's right. That's right. Well, I'll be in line when I, whenever I can find it. So <laughs> <laughs> all right, Anthony, thank you so much for this and thanks for coming on and uh, keep putting out those great podcasts. We, we love them. Thanks, Art. I appreciate it. Again, thank you, Anthony, for coming by the podcast, for taking the time to do that. If you haven't started listening to Anthony's story yet, um, get over to tistapodcast.com and take a listen there. The episodes are there. I will let you all know when, when that episode will be out with me on it, and I'll be sure to post that. That is all for today. Again, check out the show notes. You can find out the information there about Anthony, as well as some ways to help support the show. You can check out my Etsy page. If you'd like to help support our show financially, go to uh, ko-fi.com. That's ko-fi.com backslash cozy Christmas. I've got bookmarks now in the Etsy store. I made some uh, cozy Christmas podcast bookmarks. But also if you give a donation on ko-fi.com for $3, um, I'll send you a bookmark because I'm so excited about them. So (laughs) I know it's dumb, but uh, if you'd like to pick up a cozy Christmas bookmark, uh, they're they're in the Etsy store or on ko-fi.com. So, all right. So that'll be all for today. Take care and remember to uh, be kind to each other. If Anthony can do it, so can you. Be kind to each other and do good. And remember that there is nothing in the world more irresistibly contagious than laughter and good humor. Have a very Merry Christmas.